0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another podcast episode by Savari. Today's episode is all about supply. Okay, we're going to get right into it. But first, I want to talk about the number 17, because this is the 17th episode of the podcast. The number 17 in the Bible means overcoming the enemy. And it's awesome because there's no coincidences in the Bible. Okay, there's a reason it's number 17. And this is why. The number one in the Bible means unity, and the number seven in the Bible means perfection, okay? Now, when we think of perfection in the world's perspective, it's completely different than what God thinks, okay? Our perfection is resting in God's perfect work, which we now know is Jesus, okay? God created the universe, the heavens, and the world in seven days. On the seventh day, he rested, okay, in his perfect work, so the Sabbath is always on the seventh day. The Sabbath was required to rest, okay? So what we need to do is rest in what Jesus did at the cross. That will give us the one, unity. So one and seven together is 17. So we overcome the enemy by resting in God's perfect work, being unified with God, okay? That is, gonna, is basically what I'm talking about today, okay? I'm going to put a little emphasis on supply But it's all about overcoming the enemy, how we use God's supply to overcome the enemy, how we rest in Jesus' perfect work, how we become unified with God, stay unified with God, and use the supply that he has for us to overcome the enemy, okay? The enemy is whatever is in your path today that's stopping you from just having, you know, feeling full, being at peace, you know, having the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, you know kindness, gentleness, that stuff is a reality for a believer every day, all day. Not saying we won't have trials, but we'll have peace, love, joy, kindness, self-control throughout all of our trials because we're resting in that great, great work that Jesus did. So let's get into it. Oh, quick, one more thing. My favorite book in the Bible is the book of Esther, and it is the 17th, book in the Bible. Okay. I even did a class on the book of Esther. That's how much I love it. <laughs> there's a lot of meanings to the names. There's acrostics There's like little backwards poems in there that are really cool. It's all about overcoming the enemy. Okay. The God's people were in the land of Babylon and Babylon means confusion. And it's just a great book. I strongly encourage you to read it. If you have any questions on it, please ask me. I love talking about that book. Okay. It is all about overcoming the enemy. There's a reason it is the 17th book in the Bible. All right. Moving on, okay? Number five. <laughs> number five means grace in the Bible. We're going to get into this number a little bit, actually quite a bit today, okay? Uh, grace, long story short, is supply. Okay, I'm going to use the word supply because we all took economics in college as a get-by class, and we all know the lecture about supply and demand. So supply and demand are, are two words that everybody knows, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. And But really, the word is grace. And that's my favorite word okay number five in the bible means grace and you can just google that i to get in that so we all every individual in this world has five grace gifts we all have a thousand skills but they're all based off these five gifts okay these gifts are used at different times or all at the same time that's between you and god i'm not going to get in that but i will say this we have five grace gifts and we have three ways to use them we use them to fulfill the will OK, we use our grace gifts to fulfill God's will or we use them to pervert God's will or we don't use them at all. And the second, and third one, pretty much the same. OK, use them for good or use them for bad or don't use them at all. All of us have used our five grace gifts in some shape or fashion in in these three ways. OK, we use them for good. We use them for bad or we don't use them out. We don't use them at all. Fear. We use them for bad because we're tempted by materialism. OK, again, nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with fame. There's nothing wrong with a good career, prosperity. But if that's your main goal, if that's before or above God, then there is something wrong with that, because God has something better for you. OK, not going to dive into that too much. Uh, I think most people listening understand that fame and money isn't good life. OK, but the number one, OK, fulfilling the will that God has for you, your heart's truest desires. God writes his laws on a heart in this covenant. That is the very best thing for you all the time, every day, no matter what. And there could be a lot of money and fame involved in that will. I don't know. Who am I to say what God's will is for you? That's between you and God. Okay. So I'm going to focus today on our five grace gifts and how to use them in the right way. How supply helps us do that. Okay. God is all about supply. And just just a real quick thing here. Okay. These grace gifts, God will not take them away. Okay. Even if people are using them for bad. There's a lot of musicians out there that are gifted, okay, and they're using it just to make money or to be famous. And God doesn't take them away, okay. So you have five great gifts, and you can be usually using them totally for wrong things. But as soon as you use them for the good things, God is gonna exponentially exceed um, your expectations with supply, okay. So we're gonna—that's what we're gonna get into. That's the meat and potatoes. So, but first, I feel like the best way to talk about supply is the contrast of supply, which is demand. Um, I had no idea how much I was under the demand mindset or the demanding control or chaos of this world. I and, it, it's, and I'll get into it, how funny, once you look at it in a contrasting perspective what demand really is and how bad it is and what supply really is and how good it is. Okay, but well, I'm gonna talk about demand first, so we really get a really good idea of what supply is because supply is the opposite of demand. Okay. So this is very, very biblical, like higher. I don't want to say higher level thing because I'm not that smart. I'm not. Um, but it is very cool how the Bible says certain things and it means, you know, just a very symbolic okay, there's symbolic there's symbology in the Bible okay, and I'm going to touch on that a little bit to show you guys how cool the Bible is. So, in the Bible, in Daniel it talks about a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom okay, we live in Western society, Western let me say that again, we live in Western society where we have a mixture of both, it's very interesting, and all the world is kind of feeling this mixture. But the northern kingdom is religious imperialism, total law absolute control. So when I think of Northern Kingdom, I think of Star Wars and the clone army where they have a very uniform, very proper, uh very old traditional church, okay, do good, get good, follow our ways, you don't, you'll be punished, fear motivation, okay? There's a lot of demand that comes from the Northern Kingdom, all right? Now, there's a polar opposite. There's a Southern Kingdom this is complete lawlessness, total chaos. These are polar opposites of the demand extreme spectrum, okay? And when I think of the Southern Kingdom, I think of Las Vegas, right? And we're kind of living in it today where we have this mixture of Northern and Southern Kingdom in our country, right? We have men can compete in women's sports. You can basically, along a lot of lines, you can do whatever you want, Um immorality okay again just think las vegas strip um pretty much do whatever you want there's really no rules and then you do have religious imperialism in this country to some extent where you have to wear a mask or you have to get vaccinated or you have to have a social security number okay other countries it's a little bit more extreme our country is a little bit more relaxed which i think is good um other countries they'll you know, they'll put certain people in jail just based on their beliefs or they'll make you a slave or, okay, but I'm not going to get into it. But North and South kingdoms, extremes, very bad, okay? I grew up a little more on the Northern Kingdom side of things just because I grew up in a church. The word for my church would have been legalistic. Um, anyway, I'm not going to get into all that, but I just want you to know that demand falls on the spectrum. So let me make it a little more applicable uh, to most of my viewers that are listening right now uh in our society demand looks like oh i gotta go to work today or i can't eat this or i gotta work out or i'm gonna get fat or i have to do this in order to feel good i have to check these boxes on my planner or else bad things are i'm not good enough okay that's demand we don't want to be under that for me personally because i grew up in a church i felt the demand of religious imperialism i felt like i had to pray for that person or else that person wouldn't be healed. I felt like I had to do something for that person or else I'm a bad person. I felt like this, 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 and that. It wasn't all the time. But it's interesting how on the northern side of the kingdom, okay, demand in Satan will appear as though he's God, okay? I've said this before. The biggest enemy to true believers is false religion, okay? So false religion is the appearance of of good, but really it's demanding. Okay, you have to do this, or you're not really a Christian. Your works is what allows you, is what really proves that you're a Christian. Okay. That's demand. Again, for me, it was like this this voice in my head was if you don't pray for that person, then they won't be healed. Okay. That's putting you above God's perfect work, Jesus. Okay. So now, okay, and this is again personal, but some people listening to this have been through some of this. Uh, or you could relate it to your own experiences now if some, if I feel like the demand to pray for something, I'm like, well, Jesus, if it's really you, then give me the strength to do it. Supply me, supply me with the ability, the, the, the courage to pray for this person. And sometimes it happens and I'm super happy for that. And sometimes it doesn't, but believers always work from an overflowed cup. We don't try to do something in order to feel good. We feel so good that it's a result. OK, so that's the supply mindset. And I'm going to get into that deeper. I kind of, you know, talked about supply before I should have. OK, but again, demand is and again, it's tricky. OK, I don't want to say this is always demand, but it, it is in our culture. OK, a very, very profitable demand right now is fitness. So a lot of people and fitness is a great thing. I love working out. It's awesome. But at times, it's very demanding in the sense that if you don't do it, you start to condemn yourself. That is the root of demand, is condemnation. You have to understand, and I have to understand, every day we wake up that if I don't work out today, it's okay okay, I will still be all right. I will still be healthy. I will be a good person. God still loves me. And in fact, that mindset is actually supplying you to go work out. Okay. I was under that demand mindset. I played college football. There was a point for me where I loved working out. And then there was a point for me where I hated working out and point switch. When I went from supply, I love working out to demand. Oh, I have to work out right? And you start to feel sorry for yourself, start to condemn yourself. Every workout's just trudging through mud, okay? There's a huge, huge difference. So that that is the contrast, okay? Supply is I want to do this, demand is I have to do this. And it looks like across the board, a bunch of things. It looks like lawlessness, okay? And it looks like total law, all right? But in that spectrum, it's all there, okay? So how do we get out of this demand spectrum? This in between Northern and Southern kingdom, it's supply. It's God's grace. It's number five. And I'm going to get into some techniques. And again, I'm not telling you, you have to do these things. Okay. Because again, you could receive this as a demand. You're like, oh, if I don't do this, then I won't get supply. No, God supplies unconditionally all the time through your five grace gifts, even if you're using them for bad. Okay. I won't get into the effects of if you use them for bad. Okay. Because that's not what this podcast is about, but there is effects. OK, there is a demise to your choices. But as believers, OK, we we just get corrected lovingly. OK, so supply. Let me really nail down what supply is. I'm going to use a couple stories from the Bible and they're connected. OK, so there's this uh, chapter in the Bible. I encourage you to read it every day, along with Psalm 91, Psalm 23. And the first verse of Psalm 23 is, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." In very plain English, it is, "I have everything that I need." So, ask God every morning, "Do I have everything that I need?" Just do that. Okay? I'm not telling you to be thankful because I can demand you to be thankful, and you be like, oh, "Okay, I should be thankful for this. Oh, I should be thankful. For that. I should be." Right? That's still demand. You can be thankful under religious imperialism you're like oh I should be thankful I'm not oh, I got it better than the kids in Africa but right that's not very fulfilling because it's demand so ask ask do I have everything that I need maybe you don't maybe there's something out there that God wants you to have and you don't have it and so you feel inadequate so ask God do I have everything that I need are you my shepherd right okay so I ask God and a lot of times he'll point out some really good things to me because like, guess you do have everything you need and sometimes when I'm like man I'm worrying about this God's like, no, not today. You don't have the grace for that today. So don't even think about that, okay? And that allows me to focus on what it is that God has supplied me for today. But just ask, man, always ask God before you think of anything else, okay? Ask God, do I have anything to be thankful for today? Ask God, what is it that I should be doing today? What is it that you want me to do today? You'll find out your days are very, very fruitful when you start with God, especially with Psalm 91 and Psalm 23. Now, this is where it gets good okay this is what I really want to hammer on with supply this is my okay if you made it this far thank you okay but this is really going to be a treat for you okay you're going to love what I'm going to have to say next okay so psalm 23 okay later on in that chapter God says I will I will sit you down in green meadows I will sit you down next to a river which green meadows means abundance river means life okay That's in Psalm 23. The first thing he says is you have everything you need. Sit down in this nice, beautiful spot, okay? So let's fast forward to the Gospels, okay? Psalm was written before Jesus. Gospels was written during Jesus' time. It was about Jesus' time. There's a story in the Bible, okay? That's about five loaves and two fish, okay? Five loaves, number five, grace, two fish, okay? Number two is about agreement but five and two together is seven. Okay. That kind of gets into our number 17. All right. So five loaves and two fish, number seven, resting in Jesus' perfect work. But again, what did I say about the five? It's our grace gifts. Okay. I'm not going to hammer on the two and the two fish yet. Okay. But I am going to hammer on the five loaves. That is your grace gifts. Now the beautiful part about this story, and I'll just say it very quickly. A child goes to Jesus with his five loaves and two fish. And a disciple laughed at him because they were in a predicament where they had 5,000 men. Uh, and, and if you include the women and children more, okay, just 5,000 men alone. And, but there's women and children with them. So over 5,000. Okay. And they were saying, how are we going to feed all these people? And a child went up to Jesus with his five loaves and two fish. And the disciple laughed, like, clearly that's not enough for 5,000 people. Jesus took it, fed everybody there. And they had some left over. Okay, so I'm going to dive into this story about how it is supplied and the deeper meanings of the story. First thing is, okay, it was a child that brought Jesus his five grace gifts. Okay, you bring your five grace gifts to Jesus, he's going to feed 5,000 people with it. Okay, but the first thing we do is we go to Jesus like what? Like a child. Now, the very ironic thing about this is there was a disciple named Andrew. He was a disciple. He was a believer. Laughed. He laughed at the child, okay, but he's a believer. So there will be even disciples. There will even be believers that laugh at your childlike faith, okay. That's why the child brings the five loaves, okay. Or sorry, the yeah, the five loaves. All right. So if you have childlike faith, you will get laughed at, okay. But you have to have childlike faith. Childlike faith. I'm not gonna get into faith uh, today because I'm just gonna talk about supply. But that childlike faith. Mm, Okay, they'll get you everywhere you want to be as long as you bring it to Jesus. Okay, bring your five grace gifts to Jesus like a child, and he's going to feed over 5,000 people with it. Okay, he's going to feed over 5,000 people with your five grace gifts. Okay, bring them to Jesus. Okay, now the thing that's cool about this story is there's many meanings to it. Okay, remember when I said in Psalm 23 God said, I will lay you down next in green meadows. And next to the river, okay, in this story, the first thing Jesus did was told the people to sit, He said, sit, sit, relax, rest, chill, I got this, right? So the cool thing about the Bible is, yes, we are the child, sometimes we're even Andrew, the guy that laughed at the child, and yes, we are also the people that sit down, right? We are, we are all those things, okay? So these stories have multiple perspectives, have multiple meanings, all right? So I'm just going to cover a little layer of what these stories mean. So we are also, okay, the people to sit down and relax because we can benefit from other people's gifts too, right? So when other people go to Jesus and give them their five gifts, Jesus tells us, hey, chill, relax, I'm going to feed you. And they were in Green Meadows next to a river, okay? So Psalm 23 and this story are directly related. So what is it? What is it that we need to know to understand supply? We need to understand that, hey, we already have it. Okay. And when God calls on us to feed some people, bring it to him. Bring your five fish, man. There's so many stories in the Bible about how people have such insignificant nothing. And Jesus is like, that's way more than enough. So much more that that people were full and there was there was fish and bread left over. Okay. If you don't think you have enough, okay, this is that third thing that I'm talking about. Well, we don't use our gifts because we don't think we we can, we're not cool enough or whatever. Okay, all these doubts, trauma, blah, blah, blah. Jesus is like, just bring it to me. Once you bring those gifts to him, he'll multiply exponentially and he'll feed more than 5,000 people with your grace gifts. And again, the other perspective of it is sometimes God just wants us to sit down and say, hey, sometimes I'm going to supply you with other people's grace gifts through me. Right? Okay. There's this connection here. There's both perspectives to this story where we are the child and then we're the people sitting down. OK, but either way, we're supplying through Jesus or we're receiving supply through Jesus. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes it isn't. OK, but I know this. The more times you help people get what they want, the more times you're going to get what you want. OK, there's an exchange there, but the exchange always goes through the cross. OK, everything we do, we go to the cross first, whether it's trauma, forgiveness, uh, good things, tithing, whatever. You name it, man. It's all about Jesus, At number seven, resting in his perfect work, okay? So, some things that will stop supply, okay? Because, like I said, in that story, Andrew, the disciple, okay, who's a believer, laughed at the kid, right? He was trying to in- inadvertently stop the supply because he just thought it was insignificant, okay? Many of us are Andrews, to ourselves mostly, <laughs> okay? So... What I want to cover in this last few parts of the podcast is what stops supply. Um, It's unbelief. That's very simply what it is. There's a difference between faith and belief, and I explain it in a different podcast. Okay, but again, that child had childlike faith. Okay, childlike faith isn't the same as belief. Belief is a constant. Belief is Jesus died and resurrected from my sins. And right believing leads to right living. It's that simple. It's one, it's one thing you say out loud, Jesus died and resurrected from sin. Boom, that's belief. That's it, over, done, okay? Your faith can increase by hearing and hearing. So the more you hear things like this, the more you hear about how good God is, the, the more you become one, the more you're emphasizing that number seven, that perfect word, the more you're going to overcome your enemies, okay? So things, the, the root, the only thing that stops supply is unbelief, Okay, which unbelief would be Jesus isn't a good God, he didn't die for my sins. That's unbelief. Okay. Belief is Jesus died for my sins, he's a good God, resurrected. That's belief. Now faith is okay, I'm gonna put that to the test. Okay, God said that I could take my very little and and put it to him and he's gonna expound on it. That's faith. That's faith is the doing, faith is the result of believing. Okay, right believing leads to right living. Now I don't want faith to be a work okay because it's not faith is a result when you're overflowing when your heart's so just full of something faith is the result okay so don't try to do something okay don't try to be thankful once you're thankful out of the unction by hearing and hearing that is true faith and god loves that okay the child wasn't like oh i gotta give him my five fish and or my five loaves and two fish or, or everyone's gonna starve no he was like oh i got five loaves or five fish or whatever you know and so he's like this will work perfect and god's like you're absolutely right it will work boom okay that's faith faith is just this knowing that god's gonna do something with it supply okay so again we're all under this demand where we feel like oh i gotta do this or five thousand people are gonna starve no it's like man i got this jesus has got this it's been proven let's put it to the test okay that's faith Now, the beautiful part about God is he will be faithful to our unfaithfulness, okay? So when there is times when we're like, Andrew, we're like, dude, that's not enough, okay? Andrew was a believer. He just didn't have faith in that moment. And he's there in that story for a reason, because we've all Andrewed ourselves and other people we have. It's just just what happens when we live in this world. So Andrew was a great disciple. He's a very great disciple, okay? But he had a moment where he was unfaithful. He's a believer, but unfaithful. But Jesus, you know, you'll learn about Andrew. I'll talk about some stories about him. He's a great believer, okay? He came back from that, okay? Because God said he'll be faithful to our unfaithfulness, but he will not reconcile our unbelief because if you're not a believer, if you don't believe in God, how can he do anything for you? I mean, he still does in some cases. Um, But again, that's the gist of it, okay? Now, unbelief, okay? What does that look like? For me personally, and let me share a story, It looks like stubbornness, okay? I was very stubborn. I thought I was gonna be an NFL football player, right? From the get-go, I was gonna do a lot of great things. I was gonna make money. I was gonna go to children's hospitals, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that good stuff. Um, And none of it, I mean, it wasn't like a bad thing. It wasn't extremely vain. It was more like, I just thought that's what it was. And nobody could tell me different. So when I say fulfill the will, sometimes there is a growing up process where we have to truly understand what matters. And what truly matters to God is relationships. And so we'll find out together that God takes care of the biggest thing first. First thing, as soon as you start to believe, or many of you are, so, so sometimes you just need a reminder, we're all going to die. Sorry to say, okay. But that's the thing he takes care of first. Like as soon as you commit your life to Christ, you're going to live for eternity. Uh, that's pretty nice, correct? So that to me is the biggest thing already taken care of. So God goes down the list from biggest, most important down to least important. Okay. He really does. And what we think is most important oftentimes doesn't really measure up. So God is always reconciling our relationships. He's always making our friends and family most important. And then once that poop is in a group, okay, then the other things start to happen. Okay. The, the, the provision, the money, the car, whatever, the location, the job, the career, that stuff sort of falls in line afterwards all right so relationships are the most important thing to god and so i will just give you a little tidbit i wake up every morning and i say i have everything i need i always say that because the world especially with the amazing marketing that they have today they'll make you feel like you don't have everything you need oh you need this oh you need this oh you need this. if you don't have this oh, oh, oh or if you do do this then this is a side effect okay Every time I come up with something like that, I just say, mm, I have everything that I need. Jesus has already said that. He's proven it in the Bible time and time again. I may mean, I only brought up a couple of stories. There's so many in the Bible where it's like, mm, actually, you have everything that you need. I take care of the birds. Are you not way more important than the birds? Okay, just keep your eyes on me. So the more you keep your eyes on God, the more he's going to take care of the biggest things in your life first, down the line, and you're going to start to fulfill the will. And you're just going to, you're going to do it exponentially because once you realize that your heart and mind are in this place together, you can create, you can do things like nothing really bothers you and you're just ultra focused in in the gifts that God has given you and they just thrive more so than any unbeliever because unbelievers are so clouded with condemnation and judgment and all this icky stuff that really sucks. And I've been there and I feel really bad for them. And so even if they're making a bunch of money or whatever, man, it sucks. It sucks because deep down, You probably don't, I mean, I don't like to say probably, but sometimes your relationships aren't that great. So money doesn't really do anything for you. Okay. So that was a little bit of a tangent. I I hate it when I do that. But things to remember, okay, right believing leads to right living. There's always supply there. Okay. Psalm 23, you already have everything that you need. And if you don't, ask God for it. Okay. Because He will provide it in, in, in a way. And sometimes we think it's one thing, but really it's there's something better. God is always better. Okay. So just, and this is a hard thing about this world and something that I struggle with. I used to be a person that I felt like I had to go and do it, right. That demand, like, if I don't do it, then it ain't going to happen. Right. Can't trust somebody else to do it. I got to do it. Demand. Okay. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, you got to go out and get it. You got to do this, right. Bunch of motivational speakers get so rich off that crap. Okay. That, that stuff, ain't it, that ain't it. There's a time and a place to get juiced up and hit that max weight or whatever that run, there's a time and place for that. But when it comes to relationships and fulfilling the will, it's all about God doing it. God does it. He's the supplier. He's the one. He fed 5,000. Yes, he'll use you to do it because that's how awesome he is because he wants you to have a purpose and he's great. But I mean, it's God. And like I said, the most strongest, humble people in the world that I've ever met, most powerful are people that know that it was God that did it through them, with um, them, co-laboring, however you want to say it. But it's amazing. Okay, so that is supply. I hope I hammered that home. I'm telling you, I just realized this, man, that demand is such a heavy thing. And oftentimes, if I can just say this, and the Bible says that Satan comes and appears about as a roaring lion and the lion always represents jesus and so satan likes to appear as jesus roaring like a lion and the roaring is demand like oh you got to pray for this person oh you got to do this or you got to do this you got to do this that's not god god is i got this god is i got this i got this i got this watch me watch me be patient be patient because i got this okay patience is the hardest thing for us in the society okay because we have so much knowledge we have so much technology where we rely on ourselves way more than we do god and we botch it, okay? We botch so much. Every problem in this world has come from humans trying to do it without God. No questions asked there, okay? Every solution in this world has come from God's humans, okay? So, same applies to you. You have five grace gifts. Only you have a will that you can do. God will fulfill it through you. It's amazing. It's better than anything that you could ever imagine. Takes a little bit of childlike faith, and even then, he'll still be faithful to your unfaithfulness, okay? I love you guys, all right? I really hope this hit home. Let me know, leave a comment, uh, subscribe, whatever it is you got to do to keep hearing and hearing to increase your faith. Okay. I love you guys. Be bold. Be blessed.